0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: again. We are blessed to be here on the third Sunday of the month of March in 2023. I want to thank God for that, for each and every one of us. For we take not each day that he allows us, not only to be here, but to enjoy the day that he's given us. Um, Before I um, ask. Minister Sylvia or someone to pray, I just wanted to say on yesterday um, when I was driving, uh, right at the last minute that I came over the toll road, a uh, police officer pulled me over immediately, I mean immediately, and I was like, okay, I'm doing the speed limit, Um, what's going on? So I'm pulling into this uh, toll road. Um, gas station, and he walks over to the passenger side, and I let down the window, and he says, I know it's petty, but I'm pulling you over because of the three-second rule. I said, huh? He said, there's a rule that before you can change lanes, you have to drive 300 feet. I said, okay, well, I'm not really from here. I never heard of that rule. He said, yes, when you're driving 70 miles an hour, if you're going to change lanes, you have to drive 300 feet before you can change lanes. I said, okay, sir, I must be missing something. Can you tell me how, as a driver, you want me to gauge that 300 feet? And he looked at me like, that's a good question. And then he said, well, count it three seconds. I said, okay, sir. I said, because I want to have clarity in this, you're telling me that when I turn on my turning signal to change lanes, that I must count one, two, three, and that will give me 300 feet. He says, yes, when you're driving 70 miles an hour, you have to count to three so that you know that you've driven 300 feet. I said, well, I'm almost for sure that I drove even more than that in order to come through the toll then get down here to the gas station. I said, but if you're saying I have to drive uh, for three seconds once I turn on my Um, turning signal in order to change lanes, that's what I'll do. He says, okay, well, where are you from? So he asked me all types of questions. I answered this question. He said, I'm just going to let you off with a warning. And I said, okay. He says, I know it's petty, but that's what they want us to do. And Minister Sylvia was on the line listening, and so she was kind of like, she never heard of it either. So I said, okay, so when I'm in this state, when I change lanes and I'm driving 70 miles an hour, and I, um, before I change the lanes, I need to turn on my signal and then count to three and then change the lane. He said, yes, in order to properly change the lane and give someone the opportunity to see that you're changing lanes. And what was so weird, there was no one behind me, so I don't know who was going to see that I was changing lanes. And so then you know I said, "Okay, so Minister Sylvia and I and her friend talked about it, and then I um noticed, as I was driving that everyone in that state was changing lanes, and they were not counting to three seconds, and I said, "Okay, as he said, that was petty, but I was thankful that I had a witness so that no one would think I was just making that up. It was interesting." So i just share that with you because we're going to talk about being a witness for someone when there could have been a crime because in this case it would have been me changing the lanes um, and the troopers were that I didn't um, use use 300 feet and me believing I did more than 300 feet. But as I said, he gave me a verbal warning, which I've never had a verbal warning before in all my life. I've always had a written warning, and I really wanted him to give it to me in writing so that I could do my research to see if what he was saying was true. But um, he didn't give it to me. me. He just looked at my driver's license to make sure everything I said was true, and then he got back in his car. But it was amazing. Minister Sylvia right away put her phone on mute, and she listened to what was going on. I didn't tell her what was going on because it happened so quick Till I didn't know what was happening. You know, I was going into the gas station to get gas, and the next thing I know it was a, a trooper and a, with his lights on behind me. So you may see how it ties into what we're going to do today, and then you may not. But I hope you do. So is there anyone available to pray um, for the program today? If not, I will pray. Okay, I will pray for the program today. Father God, we glorify you and we magnify you. We thank you for traveling mercy. We thank you for all mercy. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your protection. We thank you for teaching us how to lean not to our own understanding, but in all our ways to acknowledge you. We thank you for the healing and the wholeness that you're doing for Pastor Troy, for Minister Margot, for Minister Sylvia, even for those that I don't know that need prayer. We thank you for how you're watching over our Aunt Catherine and our Aunt Wardine and our Aunt Bay and how you're healing our family as we've lost our last uncle, Uncle Foster, and we're having his uh, service virtually and where you could go to it in California. So help us to heal. Help us to um, understand that you allow all things and we were blessed. For our Uncle Foster left to be 96 years old. So thank you, God. Thank you for his children. Thank you for his siblings. We thank you for everyone that's listening today. We thank you for those that will be listening in the World Wide Web in the future, or however technology allows them to listen. But most of all, God, we thank you for the healing and the protection of what you're doing, not only in our families and with our friends, but within this world, for we need healing in the third world countries. We need healing amongst the races. We need healing within the races, within the cultures. God, help us to be whole. Help us to have open communication and help us to love you unconditionally and to learn how to love one another in the same way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. So on March 13th, um, I was allowed to write on Facebook, how many of you are fighting against the spirits of avoidance, escapism, self-isolation, and toxicity? And I made up a word, toxicity a and uh, negativity and procrastination and fear. And it says, well, God has the tools you need to annihilate, destroy, and obliterate them all, all of them. All of them. Stay tuned and find out what they are on this Sunday. And this is this Sunday. I thank God for how he even developed The message and how he even allowed the police officer to or trooper to do what he did on yesterday. Because I thought to myself, what if it had evolved into something it shouldn't have evolved into? Like so many people driving down the road, they end up in all types of uh, situations from a simple so-called traffic violation, or for a simple thing where they needed help on the side of the road or something where they're in a store or a gas station and something happens. Well, many times, many of us try to avoid the feeling of anxieties or shames or uncomfortable feelings that arise from those situations because we like to you know, stay in control. We don't like to have situations that emotionally drain us or even cause our thoughts and our feelings um, to be challenged or even um, unsure.
0: So it's a
1: very necessary thing to talk about how sometimes we'll, we'll avoid situations and avoid people that cause those situations. So let's read a few scriptures first. Titus Amplified Verses says, After the first and the second warning, reject a decisive man who promotes hierarchy and causing dissension. Ban him from your fellowship and have nothing more to do with him. Romans 16 and 17 says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to keep your eyes on those who cause dissension and create obstacles or introduce temptations for others to commit sin, acting in a way contrary to the doctrine which you have learned, turn away from them. 1 John 2:15 and 17, message verses. Don't love the world's ways. Don't love the world's goods. Love the world squeezes out love for the, the Father. Practically, everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important, has nothing to do with the Father. It just isolates you from Him. The world and all its wanting, wanting, wanting on the way out, but whoever does what God wants to set for eternity. That's what God wants us to do. So now we know we have to obey them according to 2 Thessalonians 3, 4, and 15, those that have a rule over us, like the police officer on the exercise. We know that we can't, uh, according to uh, the message version of 2 Thessalonians Thessalonians three fourteen and 15, we can't just refuse to do what they say. So it amazed me how I didn't quite agree with what he was saying because I felt that I had already gone at least 500 feet or more, but that his tone and even the way he handled me changed because he said, where are you from in Maryland? Because that's what I have Maryland place. And I said, well, sir, I'm not really from Maryland. I work in Washington, D.C., but I live on the Air Force Base. You know, I told him where I lived at. And he said, well, where are you from? Where are you going? I said, I'm going to Chicago. But my house is actually, uh, I told him where my house was. And so when I showed him my ID and he saw, oh, she does live on a military base because I, you know, had on my veteran T-shirt, my um, battle dress um I had on my battle dress hat. And someone may have argued with the authority, but I didn't. I just asked him questions because I wanted to have clarity because I had never heard of the three second, 300 feet, um, while you're driving 70, which was the speed limit uh, rule. But I also wanted to be compliant. I didn't want to have any problems. But it amazed me how at first he was a little bit stern with me. But then for some reason, once he saw that I was a veteran and that I was from Washington, D.C., it was like a type of respect. And so then he thanked me for my service, and I thanked him for his. And then he smiled, and he walked away. So during today's uh, program, I want to handle avoidance a little differently. I want to treat it like it's something that happened on a crime scene or in a courtroom or even in a meeting where there's a critical problem where the experts and the witnesses have to help the judge or the leader or the elder or the policeman, like I dealt with the policeman yesterday, to adjudicate the case, to solve the case, to permanently fix the problem, to fix the error, to even help the relationship issue, that it's going to be a way that the scenario is clothed and solved. So when we identify a spirit of division that is and can be hidden through and in a spirit or act of avoidance. We have to understand that avoidance is a type of division that's based on fear because it reveals what we are afraid of, what we're afraid to tackle, what we're afraid to address, what we're afraid to confront, what we're afraid to fully embrace, what we don't understand, what we don't understand and how we need to react in the way that's Christ-like. Sometimes we have to call on a few witnesses, to help us to handle the situation, to handle it in a direct manner, to handle it right at the head so that we can make sure that we don't succumb to the spirit of avoidance. Because I would have loved to avoid it, the uh, trooper pulling me over yesterday, because I left the scene trying to figure out in the world what's that all about. And so one of Minister Sylvia's friends had said she was glad she wasn't on the phone with me because when I drive, they actually talk me through it so I can, because I'm driving for many hours, and they help me to get there safely by keeping me, you know, um, you know, attentive to whatever we're talking about. And so, you know, she said she would not have handled it the way I handled. It. But see, that was the Christ in me. I can't take credit for how I handled it because it happened so quick and it happened so fast I didn't have time to think. But these two witnesses that I had on the phone just wanted to let me know that they don't think they would have handled it the way I handled it. So I'm giving God all of the glory for how it was handled because I still don't understand what happened. And so I called a relative and rather the text relative and told them I wanted to understand what had happened. And so they agreed. They said, Well, we know you. You're gonna research it. You're gonna find out what's really going on. And so when I get back to this on today, it says in Hebrews twelve, one and two, that the Bible declares and encourages, therefore since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses let us throw off everything that hinders the sin that so easily entangles us and that lets us run and with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith and so listening to these two witnesses, they let me know that on yesterday, one may have may got upset to where cuts the man out, the other may have you know, handled it another way. But however, it would have escalated to something that we all needed to avoid, which was it was him deciding to give me a verbal warning and me deciding I wanted to understand what was going on. Well, in 1 Samuel, the 25th chapter, Abigail was informed that there was a disaster coming, and she had to think quickly. And so in practicing the spirit of avoidance, what she could have did was focused on the fact that the servant had brought her a message and the message uh, of disaster in the first place. She could have focused on the fact that what he was saying was talking about her being put in harm's way or concentrated on the fact that she was going to panic from this unknown anxiety impending loss and disaster, you know, because he had continually pointed out the strength of King David and his army. And instead of focusing on that impending disaster or misunderstanding, or even the facts surrounding what was going on, she humbled herself. She grabbed bread, wine, uh, sheep, grain, raisins, figs, and she loaded up her donkey, and she went to the place where David and his army was, and she bowed face down humbly to King David to address what had been done to offend him. So in this case, her humility, although she may not have agreed with it or even understood it, she knew that I must go and I must humble myself before this authority, the king and his army. And then also, if you look at what happened with Joseph in Genesis 37 and 41 through 47, he didn't focus on the fact that his brothers had betrayed him. He didn't focus on the fact that they uh put him in the the the, the little uh thing that was like a little well and they sold him. He didn't focus on that although it broke his heart. Although it hurt him, although it was a crime against him, he didn't focus on that. He didn't practice avoidance. He just used it to later on save their lives. He used it to teach them a lesson in love and charity and forgiveness. He could have done things that people in society would have said, I'm just saying, he had a right to uh do them wrong. He had a right to let his family starve. He had a right to just uh, remind them of what they did to him. But he demonstrated what they did to him by wrongly doing their younger brother. But it was a lesson to be taught. It wasn't that he was going to let his younger brother be hurt in the first place. See, we have to learn that sometimes in the middle of a situation we have to practice humility we have to keep walking we have to keep our focus on the things of god so that we won't practice pride or succumb to fear or just allow the human nature of mankind to take over because just like minister sylvia's friend said She would have probably cussed the copper out. She probably would have did whatever, but she would not have handled it in that way. Well, let's talk about some other things that happen in our lives that sometimes it could be internal or externally that could cause us to practice avoidance, whether it's sadness or grief, whether it's uh, blame, deflecting, defamation, whether it's slander, whether it's hatred. Racism, generalism, generationalism, uh, sexism, microaggressions, micro inequalities, micro inequities, prejudices, excuses, other types of demonic emotions and actions could always cause us to practice avoidance of dealing with the actual situation. We could have things that we're dealing with in our life that are called excuses or crutches in order to cope with the various things that i just mentioned are even worse whether it's the misuse of alcohol food or drugs or sex or or anything that would temporarily not address the issue but it would help us to avoid it it wouldn't help us to annihilate the issue it would help us to avoid it it wouldn't help us to Uh, deal with a disease, but it would help us to avoid it. Because some diseases that we're dealing with are not only uncomfortable, they're uncomfortable both spiritually, emotionally, and even physically. They actually become toxic. There are some feelings that we have that cause us to avoid something so deeply until it affects our health. There are things that cause us to be numb, unforgiving, dismissive. Have you ever talked to somebody and you're trying to explain something to them and they go, yeah, 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 yeah. Or you are trying to explain something to them and they're telling you how it affected them? No, we're talking about how it affected that person. Have you ever seen people guilty about gambling, risky behavior? the video games or the various porns that they're doing. So they improperly replace it. They displace it. They uh, blame other people. It causes them to get divorces. It causes them to have breakups. It causes them to do and say things that are not like God. See, when you're trying to cover up things spiritually and naturally and physically that cause you pain or that you choose to ignore, you have to know that it's going to fester. It, it, it's going to grow. It's going to be like that uh, a bucket of water that drop after drop after drop, but soon it overflows, or that pot of water that you uh, turn on the fire, and uh, soon it's too high, so then the water overflows, or that situation where someone has said something to you, and they and, and, and you don't deal with it, or someone has dismissed you, and you don't deal with it, or that unforgiveness that you just can't get by. Do you know that some people have mental health conditions that when they deal with the avoidance, they have, it's because they have personality disorders. They have anxiety disorders. They have obsessive-compulsive disorders. They have post-traumatic stress disorders. They have substance use disorders. There are people that are not just dealing with stuff In the natural, they're dealing with stuff that is caused by chemical imbalances, biological imbalances, toxic relationships that have just worn them out. They're overwhelmed. Some people are dealing with avoidance just because they have a fear of being judged.
0: Mm -mm -mm.
1: They have a fear of people not thinking that they're liked. They have a fear of feeling inadequate, like they're an underachiever. They're a perfectionist or they're being judged by a perfectionist. Don't you know there's people that fear the loss of freedom? See, many people don't know what it's like to lose your freedom, whether um, it's through incarceration, whether it's through a police officer pulling you over and now you can't advance where you're going, whether it's because someone has told you this or that is going to happen in your life, and, and you took it to where you believe it, so now it's imprisoned you, it's incarcerated you, it has you in this room that you can't get out, of, and now you're walking in a self-fulfilling prophecy, or or even worse than that, we call it a self-licking ice cream cone, meaning that you're afraid that the ice cream's going to go away, but you're the one licking the ice cream. So stop licking the ice cream or put it in the refrigerator so, or freezer so that it stays in its current state. Some people are afraid of change. And so because they're afraid of change, they try to avoid the situation. They try not to deal with the situation, but the change is going to come. We're going to have, if the Lord allows, three 2023 20, tomorrow So the change is gonna come we're gonna have another day if the Lord allows us some people are avoiding being alone they don't want to deal with loneliness so they try to do stuff in the virtual world all the time they try to avoid seeing people face-to-face they are to avoid uh, connections and corrections and addressing the elephant or elephants in the room Even though they're truly small in and through God, they don't want to be alone, so they're going to agree, agree, agree. They're going to avoid, avoid, avoid. You know, some people fear failing, but don't you know, although failing can be embarrassing, we have to know that even if you don't measure up to someone else's standards, know that God has the ability to perfect you. And a matter of fact, he's doing it. He's perfecting those things that concern you. Do you know how many people have joined groups or tried to join groups and they feared being rejected? So when they join these groups and these organizations or even these marriages, they can't even imagine being accepted. Some have already been accepted, but they still fear being rejected, that unknown, that uncertainty, that thing that causes them to walk around and anxiety. Anxiety is the fear of the unknown. How many of you fear the unknown? So much so that it causes you not to be able to move, you to be in stag you're in a stagnated uh space and place. You're in a place where you feel that it's inevitable that something bad is gonna happen. Well, I want to share with you today that if you're suffering from avoidance or uh, rejection or causing division, that there is a cloud of witnesses out here that are going to help you to avoid the avoidance. God gives us a way of escape. Did you know that? God allows us to know that even when the enemy comes in, like a flood, he gives us a way of an escape. So I'm going to share not all of them, but I have at least 20, more than 50, clouds of witnesses. And I'm going to start out with these two modern-day psalmists first. And the first one is the men of standard. They sing a song that says, I will. It says, ever wonder why we sometimes have to go through hard times, things that people avoid. Even though we've been living the best, we know how. But God has a purpose and a plan. Just continue to stand. As long as he's with us, I know I can. And I will never give up. I will keep on holding on. I will never let go. I will always stand strong. I will go wherever. I will do whatever. I will say whatever. I will just tell you I will. If anybody knows I know there's sometimes we must go even when we don't want to go. See, avoid it. But we must understand that it's all in his hands in God's hands. And when he calls your name, don't say, I can't avoid it. Just say, I will never give up. I will keep on holding on. I will never let go. I will always stay strong. I will go wherever. I will go and do whatever. I will say whatever. I will just tell him and tell myself I will. Now listen here. I made up in my mind a long time ago that whenever the Lord calls, my answer will be yes. Is there anybody out there that feels the way I do? Say yes. I will never give up. I will keep on holding on. I will never let go. I will always stay strong. I will go wherever. I will do whatever. I will say whatever. I will. I will just tell me I will. I love you. I will, I trust you, I will, I will serve you, I will, I will obey you, I will, I will, I will do whatever, I will, I promise this time, I will, you just tell me and I will. Mm-mm-mm. Men of standard said they refused to deal with a spirit of avoidance. They said, I will, I'll obey you, God. Let me share with you one more witness, this second witness. Her name is Angela Taylor. She's a psalmist as well, and she has a song called Speak. She's asking God in this song to speak to her heart. I want to know what you're saying to me. I listen close when you speak to me. I will need your love all over me until the end of time. I have you so close to me, feels like I'm supposed to be, so Special is this day. No one could ever make me feel this way. I never have to wonder why when things don't go my way. I know he is changing things to put them in my favor. I'm learning not to question. When he leads me, I will always follow. I put my faith in him, and one who died to set me free, speak to my heart. And she said, speak to my heart several more times. And she says, I feel your presence more. I know it's real. I know I feel it every day, your love for me. I need to know which way to go. Please show me with a hush in my ear and the feeling in my heart that's real. I'm emotional sometimes, living day to day. Only his mercy I see, even though and even through the pain, it is so important to me. You hear me see my way. I hear you deep inside my heart. Keep the trust today. Speak to my heart. I need you to speak. Oh, speak. Lord, I need you to speak. Yeah. Oh, Lord, speak. And I can't take another day without the feeling of your love. When you talk to my spirit, you know I can hear clearly. I hear you clearly. I want to get to a place and trust you for every move I make. I've got to hear you. So imagine if you're talking to God or you're dealing with a situation and you want to get to a place to where you don't question what he's telling you to do, like I was questioning the cop because I needed to have a clarity and clarification on what to do so that I wouldn't repeat what he said I had did wrong in the first place. So when you're having that spirit of avoidance, of division that's coming over you, go to the word of God because I have some more clouds of witnesses. In Ephesians it says, with all humility and gentleness and patience, showing tolerance one for another and love. Love will help us to not practice avoidance because we want the grace of God that he talks about in Romans 12 and 3 to be given to us, so we give it to others. We want the faith of God to be allotted to us in a measure that God gives it. We want, according to James 3 and 13, to be wise, to understand what's going on. We want to practice good deeds. We want to practice the gentleness of God's wisdom. We want to know that even according to James 4, 6, and 10, that the greater grace, that God has given us, allows us not to walk in pride, gives us the grace to walk in humility. It humbles ourselves because we humble ourselves in the presence of God, and we know that we're in his presence every day, so we exalt him as he exalts us. We know that God wants us to walk in Harmony with our brothers and our Kind hearted and humbled in spirit According to 1st Peter 3 And 8 see more witnesses We know that God wants Us to humble ourselves before his mighty Hand and he will exalt us In proper time according to 1st Peter 5 and 6 see more Clouds of witnesses we know That according to Luke 18 and 14 that we are going to have Our house to be justified Rather than uh, exalting Ourselves we're going to humble ourselves Ourselves once again. But we know that even if we look in the Old Testament, it tells us that even in Proverbs 15 and 33, another witness, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of the instruction of his wisdom, of how to be honorable, how to walk in humility. See, we need the humility of God that tells us that it is greater than riches it is greater than life itself to be able to walk in the wisdom of god even if you have to bow down according to isaiah 58 and 5 and cover yourself with a sackcloth and and, and ashes and and bow before god and fast and pray and do whatever you have to do in order to seek the lord while you're in this earth so that you can walk in his righteousness you can seek him for his humility so that you know that you will not have to endure the anger of God, the displeasure of God. See, we talk about avoidance. If anything that we should want to avoid, it should be God not being pleased with us. But see, we know that when we do things Christ-like, that God is quick to forgive. He's quick to love us. I love how he tells us to repent. I love how he tells us to forgive and how he forgives us so quickly. So he doesn't isolate us. He doesn't put us in a room, whether it's mental or physical or spiritual. Because he told us already in Second Chronicles 7 and 14, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and will heal their land. The sin of avoidance. The sin of division. If you humble yourself. God will forgive us. I love that, that he's so quick to forgive us. Not us, sometimes. We're not quick to forgive. I didn't understand why the police officer pulled me over, but Christ, the Christ in me, the Holy Spirit in me, Caused me to humble myself and ask for understanding. I wanted to understand what that authority over me was talking about because it happened so quickly. I didn't have a chance to even think about, as he said, he said it himself a few times. He said, this is petty. This is our new law. And I said to him, I don't understand. I want to understand what you're talking about. Because see, even Second John 8 and 9 says, be very careful around them so you don't lose out on what we've worked so diligently and together. I want you to get every reward you have coming to you. Anyone who gets so progressive in their thinking that he walks out on the teaching of Christ, walks out on God, But whoever says with the teaching and whoever stays with this teaching is able to faithfully know that both God and his son is pleased. That's in the message version. So just like I want to be a witness for God, I'm glad God allowed me be a witness for him on yesterday. I could have been carnal-like, but God allowed me to be Christ-like, to try to understand this new culture, this new law, this new admonishment that I had never heard of. He allowed me not to snap, not to In a way that would have demolished The very thing that he's been Dealing with me on And it's the tearing down The barriers people have erected To tear down the philosophies That the people have made That are not like Christ To not react on emotion And impulse But to walk in that Which Christ has given me To be ready to handle the obstructions, and the various things that try to uh, impact your maturity or immaturity. Finally, I wrote on Facebook, please let this rhema word heal, heal, heal you and make you whole from the inside out. Many have been practicing avoidance and are consumed with the spirit of avoidance Because you've played and hurt so many times. You've been played. But many have been doing the playing and the hurting so much until they're afraid of true commitment and being real. But God has said we need to lay aside every weight that so easily consumes us and distracts us. And we're to lay it all, all of it, all of it on the altar. And allow God to heal us and to make us whole everywhere we hurt, every marred place. In Jesus' name, be made whole. Father God, I pray for every listener today and every listener on the World Wide Web, every listener on Blog Talk and every listener that will be listening to the archives. Remember. God, as they're praying, we will remember that we are pilgrims in this world and that you are perfecting us, and we thank you for perfecting us. You're perfecting us in your will. You're perfecting us in your way. You're perfecting us through your word that was made flesh through Jesus Christ. You're perfecting us because you're allowing us to ask you for wisdom, to seek you, for your wisdom, to seek you even in that very instance that it seems like things have happened and they happen so quickly that we used to get angry, we used to lash out. But now because of your wisdom, God, because of your very thoughts that are higher and deeper and more intimate that is perfecting us, we have learned to accept what you allow. We've learned to declare and to decree what you have allowed. God, we no longer want our will to be done, but we want your will to be done. So we're declaring and decreeing, be it unto me according to your word. We're declaring and we're decreeing, not my will, but your will be done. And we're not just declaring it and decreeing it, God, but we're receiving it in Jesus' name. Thank you God for all that you've done Amen and amen I'm opening up the lines For anyone that wants to Comment or um, Say whatever You would want to say Um, The lines are open
0: Uh, Good morning I'd just like to uh, Thank God For the word on today Let it uh, permeate into my spirit and make sure that I'm doing what God would have me to do in regards to avoidance and any other sin that would displease him. Thank you for the word on today, Apostle. God bless you.
1: God bless you, Minister Margo. Anyone else would like to join in or speak on today? Well, I'm going to go ahead and do the announcements, and then I'll I'll come back. Well, we know we have an awesome privilege on tomorrow that if God allows minister, Margo will be our speaker from um, 8... P.M. To 9 p.m. Central Standard Time or 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. if you're in the eastern standard area and that's for iron sharpening iron. That will be hosted by Minister Sylvia and um, Minister Marco. She always has such uh, a fresh word um, and I love how sometimes she even allows others to be a part of that ministry. And she shares um, her podium. She shares her um, place that God has given her with others. And so I'll be coming back to that, and we'll find out from uh, Minister Margot tomorrow for Iron Sharpening Iron. She will be our speaker, if she has some guests. Like I said, she always has such witty and innovative things in ways way she presents the word. And so then on Friday we're gonna have our own Prophet Antoine. He's um scheduled to be the speaker and that's at Let's Talk that's during Let's Talk and that's at nine PM Central Standard Time. So it'll be nine to ten or longer, depending on what the Lord um wants, or it'll be at ten PM starting Eastern Standard Time. And if he's not available, he'll either have someone else or Minister Sylvia will cover that time. And then on the 26th, um, I will be back or God will um, have me do something because even the way he did today, uh, just setting things up with clouds of witnesses was something that he um, weighed on my heart just starting this morning and as when I woke up and I was praying. And so that's at 9.30 Central Standard Time or 10.30 Eastern Standard Time. So please join us on Monday for Iron Sharpening Iron and Friday for Let's Talk or even today and the message from God for whatever he has for us. So, Minister uh, Margot, um, will you be our speaker on tomorrow or do you have a program set up for us or you want us to stand by to um, hear what thus says the Lord?
0: Well, I I'll have to see what God says. I've been in a real struggle this past week, and uh, just need just need to let the Lord lead me. I'm not sure if I can move forward, but we'll see what God says. Amen. And uh, we'll have a word. People of God,
1: Amen. So, Father God, I come before you, and I ask you to minister and do whatever Minister Margot needs in her body, from her head to her toe, from the inside out. I thank you in advance for all that you're doing. I thank you in advance all that you're saying. I thank you, God, in advance for Minister Monica, for her ministry, God, for the words you've placed in her belly, for all of the people that she has connected to her, for she's a walking, living, pistol, red of men. We thank you for this great woman of God, and we thank you for how you're keeping her. We thank you for how you're using her. But most of all, God, we thank you that she loves you with all of her heart and all of her total being. And we ask you, God, to have the manifestation of a wholeness in our life. For she said she struggled. But, God, we ask you to take that struggle and not only make it a message, But God, make it a testimony that's going to help not just one somebody, but a whole bunch of somebody in the world wide web, in her family, amongst her friends, her neighbors, everyone, God. And do it for your glory. Just because you said we have not, but we ask not. So once again, we ask you for wholeness. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And so is there anyone else on the line that requires or would like to ask for prayer? Well, once again, don't forget to join us tomorrow night as Minister Margo hears from God. I know it will be something fresh, and I know it will be a rhema word, and I love how she even said she's going to be listening to God. <clears throat> My God, what an Awesome privilege to be able to hear God speak. Don't forget our foundational scripture, which is Matthew 6 and 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So see you on tomorrow for Iron Sharpening Iron. (laughs) Bye-bye.